Welcome to Trine Day's The Journey, conversations with publisher Chris Milligan. I am Bruce DeTorres. With us is Don Jeffries, author, talk show host, and critic of politics, business, and culture. His Trine Day book, Bullyocracy, How the Social Hierarchy Enables Bullies to Rule Schools, Workplaces, and Society at Large, documents the horrors of bullying at every level of our culture. Chris and Don, it's great to be with you both. You know, one thing that uh, I'm throwing around is to, um, instead of going to like a conference uh, this coming November 22nd, is going and demanding from the Justice Department the truth. Because we don't know the truth, and they like that, okay? They like to have people uh, finding, well, was it real, was it not real, or, or what was it? Uh, and, and again, about 9-11 and, and all these different things. And I, I truly think that now is the time because the information is out there. And I think that we can hold our government's feet to the fire and push them into something that they didn't even know that they could be. Okay, I mean, it's very similar to what, what happened to Roosevelt. Roosevelt got pushed into a situation where he created something that was beyond what he knew and his elite people came after him and tried to tried to shut him down and take him out of power. And people have tried to do it before, you know, tell us the truth. Because do you have children? Yes, I do. What kind of world do you think they're gonna live in right now? Well, that's that's the only reason I keep speaking out about this. I don't have, you know, and I hate to say it too much in front of them because it's, you know, it's not good. But it's for them to hear that. But I, I can't be more pessimistic. I mean, I, I just think that the, you know, I don't know where we go from here. But I, I know that, uh, unfortunately, I mean, Ross Perot, I think, was the first one to say it in 1992 when he, he talked about if we, if we uh, didn't stop doing what we were doing, uh, this, the next generation was going to be the first generation to grow up with a, uh, a lower standard of living than their parents. And I, I don't think there's any question that my children have a lower standard of living than me. There's no, there's, there's, I don't think there's any way to prevent it. It's impossible. And that, that really saddens me because I, I want them to have a better life. And certainly if I have grandchildren, I want them to have an even better life. And I, I, the way things are going, I think that, uh, you know, we're going to end up like the Chinese and they're going to, our, our leaders want us to lower our standards of living. They want us to have lower expectations. And I think ultimately they'd like to have us living in bunk beds like some of the Chinese do and paying us $8 a day or whatever. And uh, that's, that's where we're headed. We're certainly not headed for uh, better things, I don't believe. So what to do? I believe that we're, we're liberal where we should be conservative and conservative where we should be liberal. We, there are tons of reforms that are needed. The infrastructure hadn't been touched since the Eisenhower years, things like that. A lot of the rhetoric from Trump's campaign, which attracted people, that's the kind of stuff he was talking about that, you know, you know oh, by the way, you know, we haven't touched this infrastructure since Eisenhower. Well, they were president. talking about infrastructure long before then. They tried to get things through. And, and, he did, and he didn't do a damn thing did, about he, it. Yeah, he didn't do it either, of he, course. He didn't I'm do saying. a damn thing. No, and know? that's, so he, his only thing different about him was his rhetoric, but that's, the point is our priorities are screwed up because we look around and that's the last thing we notice. Everything around us is, is collapsing. So if there were real terrorist threats out there, uh, they would have already taken over our, our woefully outdated power grids. It's power, I mean, I live in one of the richest counties, as you know, in the United States, Fairfax County, Virginia. And our power goes out you know, with a strong wind. You know, congressmen live around me, around me, but they live in my general area. And, you know, Washington Press Corps, 
The roads are horrible. I, I, I say, you know, get rid of the grid. There, there's no reason why we all can't have a little box about this big that will supply everything, all the power for our uh, uh, needs and uses. You know, well, I mean, we have, we have the technology. I mean, they, they know going back to Tesla and so much else. I mean, there's and I wrote about the suppressed uh, energy uh, in, in a couple of my books. You know, people that are right. there's a guy named Joe Newman that's out there. They, they have they have the technology out there where you could have. But this is why Tesla's records were stolen by, you know, my uncle, my jo Donald Trump's uncle, by the way. He's he was the one that was sent by the government to take his records. But, uh, you know, that was them because he said, I, I, I can provide free energy for all. And, 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 and Tesla, <laughs> Tesla's from the 1800s. Yes, exactly. Right, right. So those, those 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 inventions are from the 1800s. You, you don't think that uh, people have come up with something better? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. you would think, but where are they? I mean, you know, it's, like, it's like, and that's what's it's, so that's what's incredible is that we're we still are woefully backwards. And you know, maybe they had the secret technology in their mansions. I don't know, but we don't see it. And so I think those are the kind of things that can make certainly the medical industrial complex that I worked for most of my life. Uh, is, is just awful. We have the worst healthcare system, I think, in, in the world, certainly in, in its alleged first world countries. So many things. Need, and that's, that's where the left wing part of me is. I mean, I, I think we have to have some kind of universal healthcare, but that will never happen. Because look what happened when Obama passed Obamacare, which was nothing. That was not national healthcare at all. It was the insurance companies wrote that, but the right still went crazy. And uh, people are still really woefully divided on that. Just and there's too much money in the pharmaceutical companies, the insurance companies, uh, hospital administrators. They're never going to allow that to happen. So I don't know what you do. Any kind of reform is hard because the people that are clinging to that old system are there's so much money in it for them, and they're not going to they're not going to give up without being forced to give it up. And does anybody have the willpower to do that? I, I, I don't, I don't see, think the left does now. I, I don't think they, they, they have the willpower to do that. No, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I think with the technology that we've got, with the information uh, that's getting out there, I, I truly think that uh, good things are going to happen. I truly do. I, oh, I, 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 I don't know why. But I don't I, know I, why either, but I, I hope you're right. <laughs> well, it's through talking. It's through dialogue. Okay. I mean, you know, you, you look at the, the classical education, one of the main parts of the classical education was known as the dialectic, which basically was saying, oh, we've got a problem. Okay, let's talk about it and see how we can fi figure it out. And one thing that we've got going on now with the internet, okay, is we do have a worldwide conversation uh, happening. There has been a lot of change, and I think that more change can happen. One thing that this uh, pandemic has, has, has really shown uh, the perfidity of our, of our healthcare system, the perfidity of what money is. And so I, I truly think that with education over the internet and, and education through dialogue, that honest change can happen. Uh, Don, have you ever read Generations, A History of America's Future by Strauss and Howe? No, I, I haven't. I, I strongly recommend it. I, it you know, they're, they're the same people that wrote The Fourth Turning, which was Bannon's, uh, one of Bannon's favorite books. In, in these, you know, there's all these different cycles. And once you get a certain amount of cycles together, you have a paradigm shift. And, and it's shown through history over and over again. Even the people that have the biggest power before that paradigm shift, when the thing rolls over, they aren't in power anymore. And, and that's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. And, and the, the information is, is out there 
for a better world. We do not have to live in this, excuse my language, bullshit. Absolutely. And that just, and just, you know, one of my pet peeves and one of my pet subjects is the disparity of wealth. And the reason why Huey Long remains my political hero is that there's so much we could do with the, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fond of calling America now the wealthiest banana republic in the history of the world, because we have so much money, but it's locked away in foundations in unaudited places like the Federal Reserve and all these foundations that are tax shelters. And people are, there's so much money, the stimulus package, a lot of the stimulus packages, so much money went to the one percenters again. And we had to wait how many months for $600. So they've created a situation now, especially with the lockdown. And we still don't really know what the full economic consequences will ever be if we ever go back to complete normalcy after that. But we don't know how many millions of people are out of work and how many businesses closed down. But at some point, you're going to have to realize there's not enough already 80% of the people were making, I think, $27,000. I mean, I'm sorry, the bottom 50% of the people, the bottom half of the country that I write about, were making less than $27,000 a year. That number has to be bigger now just because of the lockdown. Businesses around me, I, mean, I just went to a restaurant the other day that I used to go to a lot on dates back when I was young. I found out it was closing after uh, 40 some years. There's so many things like that going on and they probably will never reopen. So uh, at some point, they're going to have to do something like universal basic income or something. Everything about America recoils at that idea. But you're going to have to do something unless you're just going to consign millions of people to you already have too many people on the streets now. Is that going to happen? It's economic realities. We have to do so. That's why I was calling for a, at least a debt jubilee. I'd like to see a year of jubilee which is one biblical tradition nobody seems to want. But uh, we, you know, we have to do something to try to really stimulate the economy for average people. And when the powers that be talk about we need a stimulus or whatever, you saw what kind of stimulus they gave. Almost all the stimulus went to big businesses, rich people. Ronald Reagan's legacy, the trickle down, a little bit trickled down $600 eventually to us. That's it. But the stimulus needs to be go directly to those people. It should be backwards have maybe a little trickle upwards, maybe, but it needs to be from the bottom up. And you need to start putting money into the hands of people that don't have it, opportunities, wealth. That's what I think you have to do. Otherwise, I think the only uh, solution eventually that may come up with is, is the universal basic income. I think just add economic necessity, because what else are you going to do if you don't have jobs? And I don't see any other alternative to that. Well, I, I, I think it's a, a very interesting idea. Well, let me see. You were, what, born in 57? 56. 56, 56. 56. Yeah. So uh, and when you were growing up, I mean, it, a penny was, you could almost, you could still buy penny candy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yep. and a, nickel, nickel bar, a nickel candy bar was actually right. a, a candy bar. Comic know. book was uh, 12 cents when I started buying them. Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. So baseball cards, five cents a pack. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, you know, I hope we get to honest money and all kinds of different things. Well, like I say, one of the biggest things I've been working on for the longest time is getting rid of the drug prohibitions, because that's one of the, uh, that's their cash cow. That's their cash cow that gives them a big pile of money that allows them to go into other industries and then, and, well, and then you take those over. You remember, you remember an expression that I, I write about often. It's been completely forgotten. You know, when I, I, I was, you know, just a dyed in the wool liberal when I was a teenager. One of the things that really I was attracted to uh, was this notion that there should these victimless crimes, and that's what they used to call drug offenses, sexual offenses. 
And that, you know, even as a young man, I thought it's ridiculous to punish people for that. You don't hear anybody talking about victimless crimes anymore. I mean, the drug war is obviously completely failed. I mean, it's a, it's a joke, and uh, but there's a lot of money in it. Again, like everything else, did they want to go up with that? I mean, they, then you can extend from that to the asset forfeiture program. Then you get into the law enforcement problem, and it's it's the policing for profit and the asset forfeiture, which is tied so much to drugs. Whereas, let's say you know you you have a a, a child that uh, you know unbeknownst to you is selling dope out of your house. You don't have anything to do with it. They can seize your house because it was the scene of the crime. You lose your house. They've had people that uh, the, the poor woman whose, uh, whose uh, husband was caught with a prostitute in her car. They confiscated her car because it was the scene of the crime and under asset forfeiture, they can do that. She you know, naturally objected to that. Not only did my husband cheat on me with a prostitute, but now I don't have a car. And she took it all the way to the Supreme Court and one of their worst decisions of all time back in the 90s, they ruled that the, they had the right to seize her car. So she never got her car back. So nobody talks about asset. Donald Trump certainly didn't. He was, you know, he was, he, him and Sessions wanted to make it even stronger. I don't see anybody talking about that. But to me, that's, and I, when you talk about police corruption, I think it begins with that policing for profit and, and horrible things like that. You take that, uh, that stuff away from cops and you get them back to walking on the beat, going into communities, knowing people as members of the community and not as these nightmarish figures driving along in cars where you get stopped and you, you don't know, you, you don't want to say the wrong thing that you might get shot. That should never happen, but it happens because the priority is on, the emphasis on that is revenue. We need, hey, you guys need to meet your quota this month. But you're right. I mean, we the, there should be no, you should be able, what about my body, my choice? Well, you should be able to put what you want in your body. And that means drugs, that means vaccines, all that stuff. It applies to way more than uh, abortion, I think. Well, you know, we, we started uh, that here in Oregon. Uh, they have decriminalized all drugs and, and started putting the money into, uh, you know, uh, treatment things. Uh, and the other thing is we do need to have honest money. And the, you know, uh, going back to Franklin, okay, that was one of Franklin's biggest things was he made the continental dollar. He made, he, he made real money here. And then the British government made him stop that. And that was really one of the big causes uh, of, of the revolution was uh, sure. them, them not allowing us to, to make our own money. And so, I don't know, I just, uh, again, for some damn reason, I'm just very hopeful. And I think us people are going to be in, in the driver's seat in this uh, Thing because when Anthony Sutton first started talking about Skull and Bones and, and, and George Bush and different things, uh, George Bush claimed he, he wasn't a member of Skull and Bones. There wasn't, there wasn't a thing of Skull and Bones, okay? Their ability to hoodwink us, I believe, is not as much as it, as it had been. And if we can get away from the hoodwink and really understand the perfidy that's going on, it is an evolution, you know, as it was. I mean, the people that made the constitution, I, I'm sure as a bunch of them didn't want to make, you know, black people only three fifths of a person, but they did. And they aren't three fifths of a person anymore. They got the, you know, civil war and then they got stuffed back up and now they're standing back up again. And if we can get honest votes, okay. Like what happened in Georgia, the biggest thing that happened in Georgia is they went away from just having electronic blips in a computer to actually having paper ballots. And if we can get, you know, to where the people actually have control over ballots, because I, I just don't, I just don't see these uh, 
these criminal gangs being able to operate as much uh, because there's not as many there's not as many shadows there's not as many shadows well, I, mean, you, you know, I mean they used to call these uh, things sunshine laws mm-hmm. and uh, i've always been a big proponent of sunshine laws i believe in full disclosure i mean everything should be open and disclosed that's why yeah. the, the the criticism of the electoral process in the last election is is what it has been you know really always been but it's just more noticed because trump was involved there should be nothing that looks like you're trying to cover up because then it looks like you are trying to cover it up. Uh, just so just let full disclosure, let's see the process. It should be open. If, if you have electronic voting machines, and I wrote about that in uh, Hidden History with the Collier brothers back in the vote scan. Right, right. Is it, the same glitches happened then. And the problem is if you have those, first of all, you have to know I was in IT for a while. Who programmed? I mean, who was who programming these things? We don't even know who, what the programs are, let alone who the programmers are. So we need to know that. And I think just the fact that uh, I, I would like to see, and it's, it's ridiculous that we have to do that because obviously the technology is much better to do it digitally, yeah. but we can't trust it because again, who's the programmers? And uh, so, yeah, I think paper ballots are the way to go and you have to have everybody on all sides being able to observe every step of the process because uh, if you don't have open elections and you don't have free elections, you don't have anything. And I think that's, there's a lot of uh, distrust now, but the problem is people people distrust it when they when they lose. Like for instance, the people that were, including me, that were were talking about voting fraud. Uh, a lot, well, that, not me. I I didn't do this, but a lot of the people, the Trump people, were saying they did it right in Florida, for instance, because they wanted Florida, so they naturally did it right. And that's that's the idea is that. If Florida wanna, has a lot of electronic uh, blip voting. Yes, that's where all the problems were in other elections. Yeah, right. so there's so, so but again, that's that's that two party you know system that uh, although you know now I, I think you know personally whatever you think about why it is, I think the main legacy uh, of for the Republicans out of the uh, Trump experience is going to be that they are and I I hope a real populist type party comes in its wake, but I think the Republican Party is dead. I don't think they'll ever win another national election. And uh, I, I, I think that with the candidates they have, they'd be lucky to get 20% of the vote in any presidential election. I mean, awful, Nikki Haley and Paul Ryan, awful people like that. And that's who they're talking about. Well, and so, The Republicans have been declared dead quite a few times. Um, Don, how, you know, how come we have uh, 435 and 100 uh, senators in, in uh, Congress? Well, I believe that was that was again the compromise reflected where they they gave every they wanted to have each state, regardless of size, have two senators, but the other was the four hundred thirty five were based on direct proportion, so the larger states got more representation in the house. It has to do with the size of the building. It has to, okay. do, with the, it has to do with the size of the building. If there was another one of the uh, bill of rights that didn't get uh, passed, it said that. You know, we're supposed to have a representative for, I think it's every 3,000 people. You know, there should be well over a thousand representatives in Congress because that gives us much more direct uh, representatives. Right. And right. you cannot blackmail, hit them over the head or whatnot, that many people for the control of the power. So that's, an- that's another way that the people can get back is to actually have more representatives there. I have, I have my populist, I, I've been proposing this for many years is I would like to see the House of, I mean, I don't know what you do with the Senate, but I would like to have the House of Representatives turned over into a lottery system where you had a random group of, of Americans from real cross section every two years. 
that well, it was completely flipped. That that's one that's one thing, and uh, there have been some uh, political places that have that have used that, and it has worked. The other thing I'd like, uh, you know, either something like that or free, you know, elections that you don't have to raise money to run in. Well, I'd like to ban all pre-election polls, too, because I know in the past the candidates that I loved, like Dennis Kucinich, Cynthia McKinney, when they were running, you know, they were mired in one percent in all the polls. So people eventually and, and you know, that and that's you know, this is before no vote has been cast. They should ban those because otherwise. People, are you being a fascist? Are you, are you going to ban these things? No, no, ban pre-election, <laughs> pre-election polls, because they're the only. Or at purpose, least, at least verify them. Yeah, well, I mean, because their their only their only purpose is to manipulate public opinion. Because if you if you like a Dennis Kucinich, if you like a Ron Paul, whoever that's running, and who's who's more of an outsider, you know those polls are going to claim they're down at the bottom. So eventually, you go well. I go to my second choice. Then maybe he they're not doing too well. They want a third choice. And so, but if you had no polls, a lot more people would stick with the first choice because they wouldn't have any idea that. So I, but you know, I, I realize they're not because the media who, you know, covers up everything, you know, that, that's of significance, they would fight to the, oh my God, that's denying the public's right to know, to know what, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a blip that a lot of times are wrong, but it's just what you're stating. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think it's used, it's used to manipulate people, but that's one of the many things that I, that I would do. And I realize probably nobody else is calling for it. Yeah, no, the, those manipulate things. I mean, the uh, commercials on uh, TV manipulate things. And, and I see oh. a lot of the commercials are, are doing way more than just trying to sell you a product. It's about uh, putting things into your head. Exactly. Uh, the other yeah. agendas. Yeah. Okay. So I want to thank you again very much for coming on. And, you know, it's good discussion and onward. Onward. My pleasure.